Hey there, Regen family. Uh, happy Sunday. Kyle here, just wanting to kind of tee up this audio recording of our first ever live stream on Facebook. With the coronavirus spreading here in our region, we decided this week to host our services only online to honor both the words of our governor and our bishop, Tracy Smith Malone. And so what you'll hear is an audio recording from this week's uh, service of my sermon, which we wrote intentionally for this. I'm now editing this in my living room with the greatest of audio quality, even as I'm talking to you now, but I'm so glad that you're listening. Um, You're gonna hear it cut out for a second because we lost the live stream and had to start back up. So you're gonna kind of catch that, but I'm so, so glad you're listening. Thank you so much for being part of our spiritual family. And we can't wait to share more resources with you throughout the week as we are church together. Peace. So much seems scary, so much seems very real and very weird. But nevertheless, we exalt you as God and King over our lives and our hearts. And even in the midst of just so many questions, and I mean, if you had said last Sunday that this is how we would be doing our gathering, and these are the questions and the things that we would have been thinking about this week, I I wouldn't have believed you. And so, Lord, would you be your same self? Would you come and be entirely who you are to us and for us? We pray in the name of Jesus, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. 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 Are we? We are back. Hello. Hi. Knew that was going to happen. We have been praying intentionally that technology would work, so I am not at all shocked that it won't. got weird. So we've got people looking at the camera. I'm going to start my sermon again. We're going to start right from the top, okay? So hi, welcome. Um, It is our value as a community to gather together. Uh, It is our value as a community to uh, gather together weekly to notice what God is doing in our midst, to notice what he's doing, and then to figure out how to step into that together. But this week, uh, we heard from our governor that he was urging groups of 100 or more not to meet, even, even though there was a religious exemption to that. Um, our bishop, Tracy Malone, added her words of caution to gathering, and so we've canceled public gatherings this weekend and next weekend, and we're doing that uh, in part to honor the words of the Book of Romans, which says that we honor governing authorities, honor the rulers over us. And so... Uh, if you're one of those people that um, feels like, hey, we've got nothing to worry about, here's, here's really what I want you to understand, is that we are not changing our behavior out of fear, but we are changing our behavior out of love. We are not changing our, fear, our behavior out of fear. We are changing our behavior out of love. To be part of the people of Jesus, to be practitioners of the way of Jesus, is to say no to fear and say yes to love because perfect love, the love with which God, our Father, loves us, that love casts out all fear. And so for us, we are changing our behavior, but we are not doing it out of a sense of fear, we are doing it out of a sense of love, love for the most vulnerable among us. Because there's another clear biblical principle, also out of the book of Romans, that the strong honor the weak. 
the strong honor the weak. And so the way that the strong, those of us who may not be uh, easily affected by the coronavirus, are honoring those who might be easily affected is by not gathering together and instead creating some ways for us to be church and be the community of Jesus together in this way. It does not pose a threat to many people who call Regen home, but it does pose a threat to some. Uh, It does pose a threat to our neighbors and to our friends and to our family members. And so out of love, we are changing our behavior. I want to tell you that. I want to tell you that we're not changing our behavior out of fear, but out of love. And I want to tell you that these are troubling times. Uh, that we're not going to sugarcoat, we're not going to pretend, we're not going to be reactionary. We don't want to be foolish, but we want to look circumstances and reality full in the eye and notice that these are troubling times. And, And we can do what Jesus does. See, Jesus does not fall under the tyranny of the or, but embraces the genius of the and. So we don't have to be fearless or fearful We don't have to be cautious or not cautious. We can be wise. We can be discerning. We can uh, use appropriate caution. And even in doing that can still be the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, We are not giving way to panic. But we can admit that these are troubling times, but that we are called for such a time as this, as the followers of Jesus, to be here right now. And and in fact, these troubling times are a unique opportunity for us because the people of Jesus have been handling epidemics and plagues for 2,000 years. Uh, this epidemics like this are is Christianity's bread and butter. It just so happens that in a few generations we don't have this kind of sickness in memory, but for most of Christian history, Christians were the first people in the midst of sickness to figure out how to help, how to care, and so that's why I just want to say really fast, um, and you'll hear us saying more of this throughout the week on the podcast, on social media. This is an excellent opportunity to demonstrate the gospel, not only with proclamation, but also with demonstration. Not only with proclamation, but also with demonstration. To check on neighbors in your neighborhood, to run errands and get groceries for them, to go to local businesses, local restaurants, eat there, and to tip well. Uh, One of the things that we've been really thinking about, and Steph and I were even praying about as we were driving somewhere yesterday was really just blessing over business owners in our community and and people who are working hourly wages or people who have tips. And so um, that's one of the things that I really want to encourage us to do is with wisdom, if you're young, if you're healthy, wash your hands and then go be the hands of Jesus. Um, We are changing our behavior, not out of fear, but out of love. These are troubling times, but then this is the other thing that I, I want to tell you. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. These four words are repeated over and over again in the Bible. And it's very easy for us to be dragged into imagining a future without Jesus. It's very easy to be dragged into the imagining of a future that is without Jesus. But listen, without minimizing without being naive, without dismissing real anxieties about what comes in two weeks or four weeks or six weeks or next year. Uh, We may feel fear. We may feel anxiety. uh, But ultimately, the gospel of Jesus tells us that we do not need to be afraid. That we do not need to be afraid. Listen, I, I have experienced anxiety this week over this. Um, Steph mentioned earlier in the previous live stream that uh, we open our freezer and realize, okay, well, we don't really have a lot to eat. Uh, 
we have way more to eat than our brothers and sisters in Cuba and in other places around the world, our brothers and sisters here in our region. But uh, suddenly some anxiety welled up within me. And I can feel that anxiety. I can notice that anxiety. I can name that anxiety without being given into the anxiety, without giving it the final word over my life. And that's what I want to explore this morning in the time that we have together, what it means to not be afraid. And so we're going to be looking and reflecting at Psalm 34. Uh, If you're with us week to week, you know we're in the book of 2 Samuel, and we're going to figure out a way to share some of what we've been finding in those last chapters. But I really wanted to pause and look at Psalm 34. So if you have a Bible or you're at home and you want to look at that, I'm going to read the whole thing, and it's going to actually be out of the New Living Translation, Psalm 34, which says this, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles, for the angel of the Lord is a guard He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you his godly people. For those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely overtake the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Psalm 34 is a careful, uh, careful, studied, thoughtful meditation on God's goodness, on God's protection, on God's provision for those who belong to him, for those who belong to him. And, And what's so important about this psalm is that it is not a denial of hardship. It is not a denial of difficulty. It is not a psalm that tells us to ignore our pain. It is not a psalm that tells us to ignore our fear. Instead, it invites our fears. It invites our anxieties right into the presence of God. It invites us to look at the difficult circumstances in our world all the time, and even now in the midst of what what we are calling an epidemic, we are looking at reality firm in the eye. 
It's not a denial. It's not a sugarcoating. Instead, in, it's a declaration that as scary as the world might be, as troubled as we might find ourselves, there is more to reality than what we feel right now. This is not all there is. There is far more to what there is in the world right now. And, and while the world is telling us a story that is true, it is not the whole truth. And Psalm 34 invites us to live into the whole truth. I mean, notice how the psalm, in Psalm 34, it's written by David. Notice how David names difficulty in these verses. He talks about helplessness, fear, desperation. He talks of troubles and of needing refuge. He talks about crying for help, of needing rescue, of having a crushed spirit, of having a broken heart. And I don't know about you, but that sounds familiar to this week. That sounds familiar to what's been going on in the last seven days. Have you cried for help? Have you felt crushed in spirit? Have you felt fear? Have you felt anxiety? Here's the trouble in the text before us. Things are bad, and they are getting worse, and we need help. We need rescue. We need refuge. uh, We need protection. We need provision. The trouble in the text is that the very trouble you and I are experiencing in this world, rumors and gossip and fake news and real news, these things, they creep into our hearts and they creep into our minds. And we, some of, it's hard to make that kind of hamster wheel stop sometimes. But notice how in Psalm 34, in the midst of our fear and our anxiety and our need for help, how quickly God responds to our fear, how quickly he responds to our troubles. There's no waiting in this text. Some Psalms, there's waiting. Some Psalms, we've got to wait for God to come. But in Psalm 34, he comes quickly to the rescue. And I just want to reflect on a few of those things today. See, in Psalm 34, just in the midst of our trouble, in the midst of our fear, we find that God is present to protect and provide. That God is present to protect and provide. In verse 7, it says, for the angel of the Lord is a guard He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Verses 9 and 10 say, Fear the Lord, you his godly people. For those who fear him have all they need. It's provision. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust the Lord will lack no good thing. Verse 20, The Lord protects the bones of the righteous. Not one of them is broken. See, in, in this psalm, in Psalm 34, we find that God is present in the midst of our difficulty. He's not absent. He's not far away. He's not caught off guard. He's Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is in our midst. And he is here to protect. And he is here to provide. In Psalm 34, we find that God moves toward us in our fear. He moves toward us in our fear so that he can free us from fear. David says, I prayed to the Lord. He answered me. He freed me from all my fears. This is verses 4 and 5. Those who look to help him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. Verse 15 says, The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. Verse 17, The Lord hears his people when they call. He, he hears you. He hears you. He rescues them from all their troubles. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to rescue each time. Verse 19, verse 22, the Lord will redeem those who serve him. Here's what I want to tell you 
is that we think we have to talk ourselves out of fear with spiritual language. We think we have to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps to get out of fear and into peace. And what Psalm 34 is telling us is that instead of having to talk ourselves out of our fear, what God does is he comes and gets us. And he comes to us like a good dad, and he saddles up next to us, and he puts his arm around us, and he walks with us from fear to peace. He walks with us from fear to peace. He walks with us from fear to courage. God doesn't like tell us to be af- not to be. He doesn't say don't be afraid, and then leaves us to kind of flounder our way there. He comes to us. He's he's present. He's near. He comes toward us in our fear to set us free from it. To set us free from it. God is present to protect and provide. He is quick to provide us a way out of our fear, to move toward us, to free us from it. And because of all that, and this is where I really want to root ourselves, David says that we can have joy. This is a passage about trouble and hardship and difficulty and anxiety and rescue and refuge and protection. And in it, David talks about joy. He talks about joy twice. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's my favorite verse to talk about when we're doing communion together. Taste and see the Lord is good. It it occurs to me, maybe tonight while you and your family are having dinner, it would be good to remind yourselves, taste and see that the Lord is good. Even in this meal that we're having right now. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He goes on to say, the joys of those who take refuge in him. And then I love this in verse five. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. We'll be radiant with joy. You know those, um, you can go online and find endless pictures of this, of grooms who see their bride walking down the aisle for the first time. And you can see all of these pictures of them like all of their faces. They're just radiating. They're radiating love for this woman they're about to marry. It's like that. When we look to God for help, we radiate joy. Our faces shine brightly, just like Moses' face shone as he came down the mountain with the law. Our faces shine. Joy is a gladness. Joy is a gladness that is above all circumstances. Joy is a gladness that is above all circumstances. And for thousands of years, in the midst of every plague and every epidemic, Christians have stood out from the rest because of their remarkable joy, because of their joy, joy that drives them toward others, even in the midst of panic, even in the midst of fear. And, and hear me out, when you, when you are living in fear, which has been very easy to do this week, but it's also very easy to do all of the time. When you are living in fear, when you are living in fear, even in the midst of one of the most wild and unexpected things to ever happen to us, when you are living in fear, you are reading from the wrong script. You are reading from the wrong script. And today, God wants to come alongside of you through Psalm 34, and he wants to give you a new script. As a father and his friend, he wants to give you a new script with new lines where you are reading lines of joy and gladness found in his goodness. You're reading a new script. And so how do we kind of read that script? How do we read that script together? I I want to reflect on two things that arise out of the text. And, and the first is this. We read the script of joy when we choose to do what is right. We read the script of joy when we choose to do what is right. Look again at verses 11 through 14. It says, come my children and listen to me and I will teach you to fear the Lord. 
Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? I mean, think about this psalm. David is talking about fear and danger on all sides. Then he says, but hey, do you want to live a long life? In the midst of anxiety, do you, by the way, want to have a long life? Yes, I do. So he says, well, then go ahead and keep your tongue from speaking evil. Turn your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and maintain it. The way that we live in the joy and share that joy with others is there's a few things in these verses. We do right. We turn away from evil. We do good. We do good to the people living in our house. Some of you are going to be trapped with the people in your house for the next three weeks. You do good to them. You do good to your neighbors. You do good to other parts of our spiritual family that need groceries or medication. We can go and do that. We do good. And and one of the ways that we do good explicitly in this text, he says, stop telling lies. Refuse from speaking evil. And I think this is really important this week because it's very easy in the midst of the anxiety and the fear to get wrapped up into while they are saying. Did you hear what they are saying? Um, Frankly, even a lot of news on all channels, this is not a political statement, on all channels, the 24 hours news cycle has to keep us going and it starts to become a lot of based on they say and people are saying and I heard this and I heard that. And my encouragement, the way to do good this week in your house, uh, the way to do good this week among your neighbors is when people start having conversations about they say or I'm worried or just say, hang on, let's not have that conversation. Right? I don't know who they are, but they get to run our lives a lot. Right? And so the way that we press into doing good to our neighbors is by not telling lies. Uh, don't participate in these fear-stirring conversations on social media. Don't participate in kind of those anxious conversations. And, and pursue peace. I love that line. Find peace, search for peace, and work to maintain it. You're going to have a lot of opportunities to search for peace while being trapped in your house with your children. You're going to have a lot of opportunities to search for peace uh, in your neighborhood. And if you're young and if you're healthy and you've washed your hands three times, you can knock on the door of a neighbor and ask them what they need. If you're young and you're healthy and you've washed your hands three times you can, and you don't show any signs of symptoms of anything, you can have someone over for dinner. You can practice hospitality. We can still be the church. Um, you can invite friends over. You can, uh, you can maintain, search for peace in your neighborhood and among your friends. You can search for it and maintain it. And the only reason that we would think to live this way, the only reasons why early Christians sought for peace by caring for the sick is because they knew God had their back. All of this passage about God's protection and provision and presence and his goodness and our joy means that God has my back so that I can just press into searching for peace. Because I can just press into searching for peace. Psalm 34, 15, it says, it talks about doing right. In verse 22, it talks about serving him. Wisely and safely getting out of your house and going to a restaurant and tipping well is a way to do good. The other piece that I want to tell you is that we live into joy with praise. We live into joy with praise. Uh, Look at the first three verses of the psalm. And this is verse one was in my head all week. And that's why we're preaching this. I will praise the Lord at all times. I looked up the word in the Hebrew. At all times means at all times. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. 
Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I love uh, verse 9 of Psalm 34 in the message. It translates this way. Worship opens the doors to all his goodness. Worship opens the doors to all his goodness. Right now, it is very easy for the words that we speak to be anxious and fear-ridden and self-protecting. And what the psalmist says is instead to speak praises. To speak praises. This week, when you find yourself in worry, can I encourage you to go on Spotify or on YouTube or turn on 90.9 on the radio and let praise music kind of fill your house for the love of all that is holy, turn off the news. Stop scrolling through, like, the news pages. Okay, yesterday I'm looking at WFMJ. I don't know why. And the way the website works is it, it abbreviates their headlines. And so it says, Youngstown Organization to Give Out Coronavirus. I think it was going to say, Give Out Coronavirus, something helpful. But I'm looking at that and thinking, this isn't good for people to read. <laughs> this isn't good. Turn off the news, stop scrolling on Facebook, and let like praise music maybe to fill that space instead. Um, we Practice gratitude. We throw this on social media yesterday. Practice gratitude uh, so that we can really remember who he is. Praise uh, music kind of helps push back some of the bad thinking and the fear thinking. And then practicing gratitude really grounds us. I mean... We can talk about on our brains how that rewires them and draws them back into joy. It really does. God built us this way. So practice gratitude this week. If you're trapped in your house, if you're not, uh, practice gratitude. Tape a big piece of paper to your fridge, and every time you walk by, write something about what you're grateful for. Um, When you're sitting down to dinner... Start the conversation with, what are you grateful for? When your kids are making you insane because you're trapped in the house with them, think about what you're grateful for. Um, I am grateful that this week I have gotten to have more time with Steph and Jack, and as it seems, I will continue to have more time with Steph and Jack. I'm grateful for a slightly slower pace for me. I'm grateful for the people that are going to their jobs so that we have internet and electricity and food. I'm grateful for that. And when we practice gratefulness, we're practicing praise. We're practicing praise. Listen, the trouble in this text, the trouble in this text is that there is fear and trouble and worry on every side. There's fear and trouble and worry on every side. And the good news in this text is God's presence and protection and provision and goodness and that he's drawing near to us in our fear so that we can have joy and we can give that joy to our neighbors and to our family members by searching for peace and maintaining it, that we can give that joy to ourselves and to others by through praise and through gratitude and find ourselves living out of a different posture in counterstep to the spirit of the age encounter step to the spirit of the age. God draws near us in the midst of our trouble to set us free from fear. And Jesus puts it this way. Jesus says in John 16, 33, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. In this world, you will have trouble. Jesus says, so realistic. But I have overcome the world. Jesus is a realist. He says that their trials and sorrows is just a necessary part of the operating system of the world. These are non-negotiables. But this is also what's non-negotiable. He's overcome the world. He has overcome the world. And in him, we have peace. Listen, I know the world looks differently today than it did a week ago. Quite frankly, I mean, again, if you told me that we wouldn't be gathering in person this week and I would be 
looking into my wife's iPhone with five other people in the room. I thought you were crazy. But what hasn't changed is that Jesus has overcome the world. That Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that Jesus draws near to you and I in our fear, even today, to set us free. Let me pray, and then Steph will come and lead a little bit of response time. Jesus, thank you so much that you've overcome the world, that you seek to rescue us from our fear. Jesus, would you show us a new and better way, a way of peace and freedom from our anxieties. Thank you so much that you are here and present in this room with us. Thanks for sustaining this internet connection through the sermon. Um, God, we give you thanks for all that you are and all that you're doing and the way that you're present in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So one of the practices that we have here at Regen um, is a response time because we want to have a culture where we want to be people who hear the word of God and do what it says. Um, we don't want to build our houses on sand. We want to build them on rock. And so when we hear truth, um, we want to make sure that we're applying it to our lives and that it's transforming us and changing us and that it's not just a good idea that we feel good about in the moment and then kind of move on from. So I just want to invite you um, in this time, Julia's going to play here for a minute, um, just to be thinking, as I've been thinking about this time, I was talking with a friend of mine who um, is in Italy, and so also a very scary situation for them. They're quarantined to their apartment. They have, a, they have a little guy. And she was saying, you know, maybe, you know, one of the blessings is that we are getting some family time and um, a different schedule, which is helpful. And so I, I've been thinking about that and thinking about how do we leverage that time well? How do we not just um, clean out our closets and spend time on social media, but how do we maybe lean into um, this time? And so one of the ways that I think we can do that is through um, maybe starting some predictable patterns that help us in our family life to really be um, leaning into Jesus together. And so I just kind of want to maybe suggest a couple and then ask you to maybe take some time. You can even talk amongst yourselves um, wherever you are and just talk about what you feel like the Father might be getting your attention with. But one of them is just to start at meals asking each other, what are you grateful for? Um, just making that a practice. That's something Kyle and I have been doing um, over our evening meal is just to say, okay. And when it's been a hard day, we list like five things each. Um, just lean more into that gratitude, not less. Um, and so, and the second would be um, just maybe having meals together. You know, maybe you live a schedule where everyone's running different directions and you don't get to sit down. And so maybe the father's inviting you to say, hey, we're all together, we're here, let's sit down, let's eat together, and then over that meal, let's talk intentionally about what you sense God is doing in your life or how he's getting your attention during this time. It's even a great question if you have kids who maybe are unsure of how to process what's happening right now. Um, one of the questions we ask each other in addition to what you're grateful for is what do you need? Um, and then we take a minute to pray over that and just to, to turn that over to the Father. Um, and finally, um, just to invite you to who can you bless? Who in your life needs extra prayer right now? Or as Kyle said, you know, multiple times during the sermon needs you to be the hands and feet of Jesus in a, in a real way. Um, but who, if you aren't able to get out because of, of health concerns, like who are you praying for? Who, what are you doing with maybe that extra time that you would be in the car? Um, how can you from home just be praying maybe for a couple of extra people that the Father really has brought to your attention, brought to your mind? Um, and as a family, maybe who can you reach out to in your neighborhood or in your family, extended family that you know just needs um, an extra set of hands right now or maybe just some extra encouragement? Um, how can you lean into that? So we're just going to have um, a couple minutes here where you can kind of either talk amongst yourselves or just really think and focus on that. And then um, I believe Julia is going to lead, lead another song and then we'll, we'll continue on from there.
I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy and no shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. This was fun. Thanks for tuning in. We'll make sure this sermon is available on our podcast. And we are still the church. We are still a family. And so uh, what you need is of great concern to us. So be reaching out through Facebook, through social media, through email, through any way that you need so we can continue to be for one another and with one another. God is good. We'll see you next time. Peace. starting this week and weeks ahead to resource you as we become disciples together in the way of Jesus. I want to just encourage you to be thinking about how you can continue to be a part of what Regen's doing through giving. Even though we're not physically meeting together, we have bills to pay and staff to pay, but more importantly, we view giving as an act of discipleship whereby we say no to the scarcity mentality that is so common all the time and even more now and really lean into trusting the Father. And so I encourage you to do that. And thanks for supporting our ministries. We love you so much. Talk to you soon.